This is the Casual Temple Podcast, and you're listening to episode number eight, and I'm your host, Marilee Duffy. Casual Temple is a place to discuss the many ways we're connected to the unseen world and how that empowers us to know our true selves. This week, I'm thrilled to have Trista Dedman as our guest. Join us for a captivating discussion as we delve into Trista's profound insights into hermeticism. Trista describes how occult teachings can serve as a surprising guide in individual development. Drawing from her experience as an astrologer, our conversation extends to practical tips on integrating astrology into your daily life. Find out how astrology can aid in your own personal alchemy. I'm so excited to share this awesome and informative conversation with Trista, so let's get into it. Thank you all for joining us here at the Casual Temple. Our guest today is Trista Dedman, a designer, former astrologer, practicing mystic, and she currently owns Lucida Mystica, which is an occult wear shop that blends esotericism with everyday clothing. She also created and hosted the Liberate Yourself podcast, which ran for 31 episodes and focused on discussions around personal sovereignty and self-discovery during our current system breakdown. Thank you, Trista, for making the time and welcome. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yes, thank you. You're my first uh, also podcast host, so thank you. Yeah, that's being that's being generous. I only did like a few episodes, and I still I can't listen to them. But oh yeah, gosh, I know. Thanks. <laughs> I'll do I, my best. Yeah, <laughs> I hear that. Um, I'm noticing all the ums that I do. So I <laughs> go back and listen. Oh man, when you go through editing, yeah, it's a, it's amazing. You have no idea. <laughs> oh yeah, but whatever, it's out there. It's all good. You do that. Yep. So I'm just going to kind of just jump in um, to some questions that I have. So what I have is to kick us off is what is your earliest memory of a spiritual or paranormal experience or event? Yeah, I don't know if it's like one event. I mean, what I can explain is just kind of my childhood, which I grew up, we're around the same age. I grew up in the 80s in small town, Texas. Um, So very predominantly, you know, whatever United States, like Protestant Christian, you know, form of Christianity we have here, like that was very much the mainstream. Um, But I was always very, very curious about basically anything beyond the veil, anything metaphysical, because I could tell like, this isn't, you know, the whole picture, that this mm-hmm. isn't everything that, that we can see and feel our senses. Um, so it was really back then, you know, not a lot of information. So it was more through books. Um, and so it, what I was reading mostly was, yeah, paranormal experiences. So like ghosts and things like that, just because it was something that was talking about the metaphysical. And, mm-hmm you know, phenomena like that. So that's kind of where I was really focused, focusing my attention and my energy. And other than that, I would say really, I mean, I was very, very blessed, very, I'm so grateful that I grew up, my family has um, land in Texas. So I was able to be out in nature a lot, just exploring. Mm -hmm. And I would say that is probably how I connected to whatever you want to call it source the divine the other side yeah uh, the metaphysical the mystical so that was essentially being out in nature and just really listening 
and absorbing <laughs> was probably, yeah, like I said, not necessarily an event, but that is where I, you know, first rem remember feeling like, oh, there's something else and there's so much to explore mm -hmm. and so much mystery, I guess, too, uh, you know, to look at. But it was always really confusing because no one around me was talking about it. Like none of the adults yep. talked about it. It was all in the uh, it was all in the framework of, of religion, which mm. also did not make sense to me, you know, because mm -hmm. it, it just didn't account for so many things. Yeah. So, yeah, essentially, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that as well. Oh, for sure. Especially in... like, oh, there's something else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't, <laughs> yeah, you're just like, I don't, especially when you're a kid, because Wait you're so open to everything and you're experiencing mm -hmm. a lot of stuff and you're thinking and yeah it just doesn't add up and then you're having people explain to you well this is actually how the spiritual stuff works and you're like mm, I don't know <laughs> it doesn't sound doesn't jive yeah. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't correlate for sure right, right. Um, it doesn't add up <laughs> no it doesn't and so and yeah we definitely are about the same age and very similar experiences um for sure. I, I think you had more of the, the uh, outdoor experience than I did. I always grew up in, in around cities. So I'm definitely, I kind of identify more of a city person, but I totally get the yeah, outdoor. But there were books, right? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah books. And I, I was going to ask you if you ever read um, Communion, Communion by Whitley Strieber. No. Okay. You're lucky. because. <laughs> Like, um, I read that at like age 10 <laughs> and basically didn't sleep for two years <laughs> because it was so horrifying. <laughs> yeah. I totally, no, it, it's, that was the funny thing. Like I would read about ghosts and scary things and then I wouldn't sleep. And my dad yep. would be so mad because he's like, why do you keep reading this stuff? Because like, it's, so it's so cool. <laughs> I and, know. Yeah. And it's freaking me out. So I don't know. <laughs> I might like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh yep what would you say as far as now you're an adult like what path have you taken now that you can you know really choose and not have to be beholden to like what your family expects or your community yeah. right I mean that's a yeah it's a long and winding path right coming mm -hmm. coming back to it um currently yeah I would say and I don't adhere to any, that's, that's my advice for anybody. I don't mm -hmm. adhere to any one way of thought or lock myself into uh, any other kind of dogma or anything like that. Yeah. But it would basically be, yeah, just like natural mysticism, uh, definitely a foundation in hermeticism and uh, personal alchemy. And because that feels like, and, and occult teachings and, and by occult, mm -hmm. all I mean by that because it is very a very confusing word and encompasses yes. a lot of things or can yeah. encompass a lot of things and is very misunderstood. Uh, but literally, it just means hidden. That's that's really the neutral uh, meaning of it. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that yeah. I see occult teachings is, yeah, basically what many, many mystics, ha it's this lineage of mystics throughout history that have practiced um, a lot of times you, it, it comes down to hermeticism because that is, it, it originates, uh, with 
you know, this, this sage character, Hermes Trismegistus uh, in the Emerald Tablet um, that, that lays out seven key principles for essentially how, I would say like how reality works. Like that's what it feels like to me. Mm -hmm. And coming across this material felt like, it felt like more of a remembering or like coming across something. Uh, one of my uh, friend of mine summed it up pretty well. Like, you know, it's almost like coming across the never ending story and you're like, what? Like there's, you know, it is real. Like there's, yeah. there's this whole world that is, is hidden essentially. Mm -hmm. And what I feel and believe is that we come to, we find that in, this you know our, our incarnation if it's something that we've either done in the past or if it's you know kind of pulling us into practice you know study and practice these teachings because really essentially it's about knowing the divine and knowing that we are all part of the divine and mm -hmm. the practices and and elemental principles and that's where nature comes in like the the base elemental principles of reality and how those operate and how everything corresponds with everything else. I mean, essentially, you know, it's the all one concept Yeah. and how we, we can take a more direct path in this lifetime of realizing that or evolving or becoming more self-aware and knowing that, you know, we are part of that, not separate, like, like a mainstream society would, have us believe or materialism would have us believe that we're you know all separate from from everything so mm -hmm. that's a sense that I would say like in a in very simple terms that's how that's the basis of my practice these days um and again it does I I did you know study and I still do study occult literature um and and practice very regularly but again I don't adhere to just one way of thinking but I always I keep coming back to those principles because um, mm -hmm. they're really embedded in in the origins of a lot of mystical teachings and seem to be uh what's the word they seem to not be like corrupted or mm. they're they're perennial you know it's perennial wisdom that is has been the same throughout time that you know authors have and alchemists have written about the same things in you know encoded a lot of times because these things had to be hidden yeah um in the past but definitely these times are coming back into light which is really really exciting mm -hmm. um but yeah that's that's what I would say. Did I answer your question? Uh, yes, I would say you answered my question and also <laughs> gave a nice brief history on the occult. So, wow, that's <laughs> really good. Um, I did want to touch on it because you brought up the word occult and, you know, it is it is like mm -hmm. to like you or maybe I, I it's not a scary word because um, I even remember yeah. saying to a family member, I was like, oh, yeah, i you know, I consider myself an occultist. I consider myself a practitioner of, you know, those type, those arts. And then they were like, ooh, <laughs> made a face and, you know, yeah. got a little. And I was like, oh, right. you know, but I understood it, right? Like, I wasn't going to judge it. I was just like, oh, I, I get it. You know, when you see the surface level of 
of the occult it looks kind of scary um but then you right because it has been demonized like literally for sure um i mean think of especially through like during the 80s and 90s the satanic panic uh phenomena like occult was and and that's why i said occult is a neutral word like it literally just means hidden so Mm -hmm. yeah it does include hermeticism it does include um you know the more uh benefic practices but it also includes black magic just like Mm -hmm. the word magic is neutral there's black magic there's like it it does encompass but it it seems that yeah in mainstream society it has been demonized and also just because i i have an occult clothing shop which i'm sure we'll talk about and in doing my research when i look for like oh occult clothing you know just to kind of like market research a lot of times it's associated with like satanism and and you know more demonic kinds of mm-hmm. themes i'm like oh like i forget i'm like oh man but that's what's really cool is the people that do are looking for like more sacred you know mysticism kind of occult yeah designs and things like yeah. that are like oh whoa here it is you know but yeah. it's it is interesting it's a it, it can be a uh, very confusing word mm-hmm. yes <laughs> i agree um but thank you that yeah again like very good and articulate explanation of that um in those moments i'm always like oh maybe i'll have an, a deeper conversation with this person but you know kind of move the move it along mm-hmm. so thanks for going over your your path to date uh i know when we had chatted previously you had talked about re- like reawakening processes as is how I understood it. And definitely, I would say it goes into how you explained your spiritual path so far, but how, how have you experienced reawakening? Yeah, who? <laughs> much time you got? I'm just kidding. Oh, well. <laughs> um, I will, I will try to briefly uh, touch on the things I feel are really important because, and I think that's, as, that's also what I was trying to do with my podcast is have the the kinds of conversations so that people would understand they're not alone because a lot of Mm. most of the time you are going to feel alone especially in those first phases of awakening or kind of remembering or reawakening i know i was it happened because i like i said i was into all this when i was a child especially as a teenager you know started to get into astrology and tarot and all the things and something happened in my 20s where and i mean just from my background there was like some trauma and I didn't have a whole lot of like parental support or you know Mm -hmm. I kind of had to make it on my own so I did sort of put it away in in a way it's not like I didn't believe but it's just I I was trying to focus on practical material matters like i.e like how do I make it in the world yeah (laughs) um and I just kind of felt like I needed to you know really focus on I was I'm a Capricorn moon so I I was just like, how do I make money and like make my way in the world and stuff. So anyway, around, I think it was, I was uh, 34. I don't know. I just started thinking about it again. Like even from a sort of mundane perspective, like, oh, what's like, I feel a certain way. What's going on astrologically with the Mm. energy, you know, just kind of. Uh, thinking about those correlations and correspondences again and 
bringing back in like some candle magic work or whatever, just for, for prosperity. I remember I did a candle magic, just really basic for prosperity and everything. I mean, a day or two later, everything that was kind of teetering, like I was in a relationship that I really needed to leave and it just wasn't happening. And everything that was teetering on the edge, just, just kind of clipped and was like, okay, here we go. Um, left the relation, like relationship deteriorated, was really uncertain, like where I was going to live. And, uh, I was in Texas at the time I had lived in Seattle in my twenties and kind of jumped around to live in a few different places, but eventually made it back to Texas. But just through a series of events, moved back to Seattle, um, and was, you know, living sort of, uh, with the friend or group of friends in this in their like basement unit of this house and I won't go into detail but I just there were some decision and I really feel like this was you know whatever you want to call it the universe or what have you it was like pulling me into like reckoning situations mm -hmm. like really um almost like plutonic transformative situations and I do have that signature in my chart where you know, if you like transforming is just you go through a really deep, deep dive into uh, like basically there's everything gone, like losing everything, mm. being, ending up in that that place where you're all alone. Like it's just, just like these really tough, really, really tough spots. So I found myself like in this basement apartment, super alone uh very just at the end of like i did not know what to do essentially um and that is it it was this the kind of environment that i feel the occult will find you again or it will come because those resources and those feelings and and um through synchronicities and everything that it was coming back into my life and i really feel like that is how we communicate or at least i do but i feel like you know it can be a different perspective for different people but i mm -hmm. just literally like have this relationship and communicate let the the universe communicate with me and it's sort of this dialogue i don't like to personify it i know a lot of people mm -hmm. like oh it's my guides it's angels or whatever i i really don't i i always shy away from that maybe because that's so, it i feel like that's sort of our human nature to want to personify something mm -hmm. and interact with it that way but um so i still don't even have a word for it is my is my point but reality was communicating with me i started learning yeah i started reading more started learning more getting back into astrology really getting into hermeticism and and the and alchemy especially because i was in that you know the first state the first operation or stage of alchemy is is calcination when everything mm -hmm. the blackening when everything is just taken away and and burned to to ashes and i was like well that's that's where i am <laughs> essentially so it made sense to that um especially personal alchemy would come back into my life because I was literally doing that work already. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then really what like synchronicities were just everywhere. So obvious to me. And maybe it's a Pisces thing too. I'm a Pisces sun and Mercury 
natally. And I think that because I mean, you are you are too a Pisces son. And I feel like we have this relationship with reality where whatever is beyond the veil, whatever is unseen, the metaphysical is more real or there's mm -hmm. less of a distinction between the two. And yep. so that is, yeah, still how I communicate with, with reality. And it was just coming in at that point. So I guess I, I guess that's enough of an explanation. <laughs> I went from, from there, it just started giving me more of a, um, I was starting to feel more empowered and like mm. starting to build myself back up and, and literally learning a new language. I mean, the transits that were going on for me at that time really pointed to, uh, I was going through like a 12th house transit. Jupiter was moving through my 12th house. So it was literally like being removed from society, being, um, you know, very introverted, very in the, the net, the web of, um, of reality and not so much like in material reality. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, Saturn was moving through my third house. So there was just this like almost elementary style, like learning learning language of, around how to communicate these metaphysical concepts and these esoteric concepts, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah i'm i'm really grateful for that time because it you know definitely brought me <laughs> to where i am now and yeah i just want anyone to know if they're going through that and they feel alone that's part of it and yeah. it's not forever yeah. and um yeah literally just you don't have to reach out but it, yes it does help to i i think nowadays my god we have podcasts and that's what helped me too yeah having podcasts like this where you're just listening to people have these conversations it's like oh okay i'm not the only one you know, oh yeah that can be like really really detrimental and really tough to go through so mm -hmm. and part of the reason i started my podcast too yeah but yeah fun times <laughs> oh man yeah i'm just um, there's a lot of visuals that you put in there and yeah i can sense like that sort of isolation but you're right it's definitely part of the part of the process and part of the process is that reaching out medically sealed, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm yeah. in the thing. I understood like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that, that's a really, really important process. Yeah. So then, mm -hmm. um, and now I know, I mean, looking back the friends that, cause I lost friends during that time mm -hmm. and I can see that if I had, if that had not happened, like they were not in the same energy that I needed at the time. Right. Um, in order to really know myself as well as what being isolated was, was doing for me. I'm, I'm pretty isolated anyway. I always have been like super introverted and I'm mm -hmm. coming around, you know, I'm 41 now and I'm like, you know, that's just who I am. And it's, <laughs> coming through with other systems too with human design astrology it's oh, like I just yeah. it doesn't I don't know so anyways it, yeah it is a really important time to be able to focus on like I said the personal alchemy of rebuild tearing down everything you thought you knew and rebuilding it from the ground up like that just takes extreme inner focus oh yeah for sure yeah, I would say there's like, wow, there's like a couple of things that you said that uh, 
that ignited my brain. But uh, the thing around kind of understand, well, for me, understanding my own energy and understanding I literally mm-hmm. have a limited amount of energy, especially to spend around other people. <laughs> and yep. so, and now I'm, I'm becoming very familiar. I've been using my calendar a lot because I literally have to schedule like blocks of time. And I'm like, I have yeah. time for you two weeks from now, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. And it's not, and it's not anything around like not caring for the person or anything or other people. It's just mm-hmm. like, I've just understood I am a better person <laughs> if I manage my own energy. Mm-hmm. And that, it's nothing personal. Yeah. It's not <laughs> it personal. Would be anybody that I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other thing you said was interesting is uh, I have a friend that she also doesn't personify the energies that she interacts with she mm. sees like abstract shapes and curves and maybe like lights and stuff and I'm like wow that is fascinating to me they like all this stuff comes in a very personified form that's just how that that's great it, it interacts I've always been like envious of that actually I'm like wow you have a name to I it just yeah it doesn't always happen yeah that's really cool yeah so it's I guess at least my this other person I know she just like has the same thing well, cool. So I, you definitely, you know, you had this sort of solitary thing and you're kind of researching and thinking and like reconnecting with occult practices. Did you have any teachers, whether they be like teachers you were personally looking at or, mm-hmm. you know, through books or whatever that you were connecting with? Yeah, it's like, it's kind of always been a bane of my existence. I've always, always, always wanted an in-person mentor. I think mm. a lot of us have. Like we just, it's something that don't doesn't happen as often. Yeah. But so the answer is no to in-person. But I came across the the people that I came across that were I consider them to be my teachers. Well, the main one uh, would be uh, his name's Neil Kramer. And he actually, he's English originally, but he lives on the peninsula, which is close, close to us in Washington, the Olympic Peninsula. And he's basically an esotericist, a philosopher, um, and draws together many different forms of mysticism. He's a teacher, uh, literally a teacher. He's a Virgo and he literally gives workshops and does, you know, podcasts and things like that. And he was a saving, saving grace for me because he was, you know, just when you find someone that's able to articulate what you're feeling. So that's why I love Virgo. It's like the other side of the spectrum that fills that in for me. They're able to like articulate things in a way that my little Pisces, (laughs) you know, brain just can't find words for. Yeah. Um, But he was a huge, and still is a huge um, teacher and my, on, on my path, uh, definitely a hermeticist and, um, even esoteric, he started coming out recently as an esoteric, uh, he, he actually researches and studies and does what's called exegesis, which is like reading scripture and understanding scripture from a first person point of view, instead of taking any other translation, Mm. um, but uh, for esoteric Christianity, so what Christianity was before religion, essentially, yeah, which is really mind blowing, really incredible to kind of go back that far. Like 
basically the going from the Nag Hammadi texts, which are ancient, ancient texts that talk about, you know, explain like Christ consciousness and yeah, anyway, he's <laughs> he's a wealth of, of knowledge. I would highly recommend him. It's just like neilkramer.com is his uh website. But he's also been like on Gaia. Mm. Um Gaia Network interviews quite a lot. And there was also a documentary, really beautiful documentary that he he made. Um, I don't remember the director's name, but it, I think it's just called Transmutation. Mm. And you can just go and, and like stream that. Beautiful, beautiful uh, documentary just on all mystical lifestyle practice, um, how you know multiple people came into it and and practice it and um yeah but i would say he is he's the main one for sure that i remember right now well yeah i had to make a note <laughs> of uh of neil kramer because that was uh, a very good endorsement of him as the teacher <laughs> yeah and more i mean he's more he's very like the me- embodies i feel like the divine masculine and that's Mm. that's a voice that really speaks to me yeah um we had we had kind of shared that before when we were chatting that what really resonates with me a lot of times is more of like the mental masculine approach to these things Mm -hmm. um you know i'm definitely working on and i know it's part of my life's work to get more into the heart, get more into the compassion, get more into my feminine, which I've definitely have done through my occult practice. Um, but a lot of times the information that resonates with me the most is through that kind of masculine energy. So I just wanted to say he, he definitely embodies that for me. Mm. Like he could probably be too hard, like too harsh for some people because he's just like, no, this is, you know, the thing. Right. Um, there's just that caveat uh yeah I'm kind of used to that especially in these sort of these hermetic practices and you get into the cult there's a lot of masculine energy there and there's definitely a lot of like really fascinating uh books and authors uh who tend to be male uh but very much like this is it or whatever and I'm like "Eh, I don't know yeah (laughs) you gotta you gotta balance it out I know I got to a point where I was when I was studying magic where I was just like, okay, I need to get away from the like very yang, like, okay, let's get the thing or manifest the thing. Yep. And I, I, yeah, I had to soften it out and balance. There's always a balance. Yeah. You know, balance is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just wanted to give that cut. Cause you can definitely, I think a lot of people can go very far into the like super feminine woo and everything, mm. but not have that. Cause what the masculine helps do is create order yeah you know create um and our mind needs that like our uh we need that i feel to like truly understand something otherwise you're just like floating and and mm-hmm. things don't get grounded grounded in your understanding of yeah. them but yeah just one without the other i mean that's the whole thing if i had to break down reality hermeticism the occult mm-hmm. the whole thing is about balance and masculine feminine yin yeah. yang black white good bad you know the the balancing of polarity mm-hmm. yeah I think even on sir um on my website because I explain like a little sent one sentence about like I consider myself a hermetic a kabbalist 
And so I was like, hermeticism <laughs> is the balancing of masculine and feminine. Like if you boil it all down, that's like how to explain it to somebody, Beautiful. you know, but like, of totally. course you get into it and it's just like, <laughs> there's a lot, yeah. but oh man. And so I know also when we were chatting, um, you were telling me about uh, this term that I, I think you had said some friends that called you uh, the galactic empress, which sounds like super cool. <laughs> <laughs> like That's a cool thing. Um, but I loved your explanation yeah. about that. So and what it meant to you. Yeah, I mean, it's a magic spell. It's um, I actually was doing this was after coming out of that really kind of dark alone time I knew that I needed to cultivate like the ground beneath me essentially I was still like not sure about what I was going to do with my life or how to support myself like all these things and I knew I needed to incorporate the element of earth which is you know abundance resources stability security all those things and I came across uh Benabel Wynn who is I would say like she's a really she's a really interesting author. She's like by day a corporate attorney, I believe, but she just writes prolifically about um occult practice and she has this book um called oh gosh, I think it's called The Holistic Tarot. It's like this mm. big. It's it's just a huge um perfect tarot book, but she had a course about shadow work and working with the tarot and choosing elements to cultivate so for a and so you choose you know a tarot card that embodies that element for what you're looking for and do these practices daily for a year or more and i was working with the empress for uh for a long time still consider you know myself to be working with the empress and i i looked around you know i looked around at my surroundings not long ago when I was, uh, cause a friend of mine, very magical friend of mine, we were doing, you know, kind of work together. Uh, and she kind of gave me that name of galactic empress just because it's like, yeah, empress on the earth, but also, you know, as an astrologer and just thinking about the entire cosmos and I don't know, it, it was kind of mm -hmm. like for fun. Yeah. Um, just calling myself that yeah. online is sort of the spell. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was looking around at, my surroundings where i live now i'm like i i am the like the empress you know my version of the empress i'm surrounded by evergreen trees i'm in an apartment on a property that has this beautiful garden wow. and that just yeah just all these things i was like wearing the clothing that i used to envision but you don't really think about it consciously when yeah. you just like, oh, I want it. Cause it was something about like wearing green, like green was the, the color. Mm -hmm. um, and I wear all black I have for years, but yeah. I started incorporating green just out of the, you know, out of the blue. Um, so I was like wearing this like green empress dress and looking around, I was like, I am the, the empress. Oh my God. You know, cause this happens. That's how manifestation happens. It's mm -hmm. like, it doesn't, it's not instant, but you just look around a year or two later you're like oh this is everything i was envisioning when i was doing that that spell or that you know magical working or whatever mm -hmm. um so that's that's what that's about it's kind of silly but it's just a spell oh well i think it, it sounds really cool Inter internet spell yeah oh yeah i have those <laughs> internet spells 
And that was also, sorry, that was, yeah, yeah. that was also me working with the feminine. I just oh, want right. to articulate that. That mm -hmm. was part of me because the Empress is like the embodiment of feminine oh, yeah. energy. She's pregnant. She has everything she needs. It's creativity. Like, mm -hmm. and it just flows from her. Yeah. You know? It's that, that really raw essence of abundance mm -hmm. and like I have everything I need and it comes from within me I just mm -hmm. I just grow it you know and then the emperor is the masculine side of that that builds the walls around like that creates the the order for that to flourish essentially and be safe so I just wanted to mm -hmm. highlight that oh yeah definitely she's a car yeah because I'm also you know we chatted about this but like I also have very masculine energy um, and I'm also very much working on my own divine feminine and definitely the Empress card is one that you kind of look to for all the reasons that you said. And also another thing too, is just becoming comfortable with my, you know, with my body and my surroundings and making sure that, you know, like I have a beautiful home, the things around me I love and the people I love and, you know, just, and being comfortable mm -hmm. and not so like <laughs> not comfortable and uh, yeah. stressed out about it. <laughs> So she's yeah. great. Beautiful. Yeah. Yep. I think we kind of covered some of the questions here about hermeticism because you already explained it so wonderfully. Let's see. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. I know. You, you did a great job. <laughs> so I see here about like um, the term occult mysticism, which I know you were sort of, or you kind of already explained, but um, how do you incorporate both because in my experience the it seems to be mm. separate um except a few authors have blended the two meaning like i think alistair crowley is definitely a cult mystic mm. and then maybe dion fortune definitely an occult mystic mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but I'm just curious what your so many. thoughts on that are i feel like occult is the umbrella for mm. all mystical um metaphysical practice anything that is hidden mm -hmm. and then hermeticism yeah it gets tied in there but hermeticism i know because it probably is probably yeah uh, order i think i think he had one interpretation it's essentially and like everything i i feel like the practitioners actually have their own interpretations mm -hmm. so i don't think there's I would, in in my view, I wouldn't see it as separate. Mm. Just that occult is a very like overarching term for many different um, practices or or uh, disciplines, mm. I guess, within mysticism. That's how I see it. Also, a great explanation on that. I would say, were are there any? I know you've already recommended some really great books to look at, including. Um, Neil Kramer and then Benabelle Wen. Are there any mm -hmm. additional people that you have looked at that would be quote unquote yeah. occult <laughs> occult authors? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, definitely. The Kabbalion is probably the one to start with, written by the three initiate initiates, mm -hmm. um, because that's going to be a great foundational overview of the principles of Hermetic philosophy. Um, yeah, that's, that's really going to be the one that you can spend a lot of time on just reading and really as far as studying occult practice, I don't know about you or occult literature, 
it's really about reading about um so like reading about a, a concept or you know a thought or um a way of thinking and just really sitting with that and even setting an intention it's not to be like read all the way through because you're not really going to absorb it it's really about mm-hmm. absorbing the the material mm-hmm. so it's really about you know reading one essentially like one principle and just being open and seeing how that plays out in different parts of reality and the way that i work with again the universe reality whatever we want to call it is you know i remain open i'm like okay show me you know show me what this is about and make it a game mm-hmm. either through synchronicity or information will come in tv shows or you know whatever all these mundane things like show me this principle um out in the wild <laughs> And, and that'll happen, you know, if you're, if you're really, if you're really, uh, uh earnest and, and genuine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the Kybalion is, is definitely a text to, I would say to begin with and just really take your time learning the principles. And then some other ones, uh, another author, John Michael Greer is amazing. He's extremely prolific. I think, do you know who, oh, you know yeah. who he is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah extremely prolific i'm actually doing his oh i want to i want to say it's called workbook of occult philosophy so it's essentially so good so good if you're ready to to really do a daily practice for a year you go through there's different lessons it's literally just building on itself and through that practice that i just talked about letting it absorb and daily there's a lesson for each week of the year, including uh, the equinoxes and the solstices, which are like the gateways in in the occult calendar. And so every morning, you whether you're at your altar, wherever you you know go into a meditative state, you read one paragraph, and then you do discursive meditation, which is thinking. Literally meditation, if you think about the term premeditated, it means thinking uh, in the in the Western esoteric tradition anyway. So it's like reading a paragraph and then just pondering and considering it. I would say that is the majority of occult practice and even magic. It's not so much the because I'm not very ceremonial. I'm not very ritualistic. I mean, yeah, I have an altar, but I'm I'm. I'm not that type of magician. It's really like, like we said, mental for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And most of the time you're really just considering things, really just letting things sort of absorb and lay themselves into you because that's how it works. It's not always through cognition. It's not always through the conscious mind. In fact, I would argue it. That's very small part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like 10%, if anything your dreams, it can absorb that way. I've been, when I was taking Benabel Wynn's tarot class or whatever, I would have dreams about this certain, you know, um, operation that she taught. I was like, okay, like I know something got in there. I don't know what it was, but like something laid itself into me. Um, So that's, that's another book or um, author. I mean, he, he writes lots of great things and he's Mm. on a lot of podcasts as well. Yes. So he's great to listen to and whew, wealth of knowledge. Oh my God, that <laughs> that man's brain, I do not know how. 
it operates like it is i don't know he's like a living computer like, yes he's, it's insane wow. but really good his other book that's really great to have is just the occult and it's hmm. literally um you do you have it yeah i have that it's one it's so good yeah yeah so it's just like art and like all these little historical snippets of occult through the ages such a good one to have too I'm trying to think of and i would actually say if anyone, because this helped me out a lot, I found the Theosophical Society in Seattle. I don't know if you have to at Quest Bookshop in Capitol Hill if you're there. <laughs> they have a there's a Theosophical library mm. like in the back of the bookstore that you kind of have to know about. Um, but if but if you if you go in there, I mean, basically, the Theosophical Society uh, encompasses like Rudolf Steiner's teachings, um, Alice Bailey as well, and basically, it's like not, it's not one religion. They're uh, they're studying <clears throat> many different spiritual uh, teachings and and uh, and avenues basically but it's all pointed at like how do we understand the divine how do we mm -hmm. understand our spiritual be beingness as humans so that's yeah. another if there's a theosophical society around that's a great resource uh, especially if they have a library because you're just going to have access to so many sacred texts and so many authors and books um, my favorite being steiner which i um still am reading and learning about anthroposophy and, and diving deep into his uh, his view on things. He had just an incredible uh, understanding of the metaphysical and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and anthroposophy as well. So I would definitely, uh, but I would definitely, I would definitely recommend that for anyone who's seeking, mm -hmm. you know, who, who is a seeker. Well, since you mentioned, okay, you mentioned two things, and I'm going to connect them. I think you already know the connections, but you had mentioned uh, the Theosophical Society. You also mentioned very early on the never-ending story, and I know, I, 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 uh, I'm pretty sure you probably know how they're connected, is the author of uh, the, the story, never-ending story, was a theosophist, and so that's why. Yeah, I know. <laughs> maybe wow. i forgot if i did wow well you rediscovered it again. thank you for yeah that's yeah. so funny yeah that makes a lot of sense and especially i feel like a certain you know our age group i know that there's like the young youngins yeah. um, of today that have also seen the yeah. never ending story but i'm like man when you see that at like five years old that imprints you didn't even know like we didn't even yeah because all we had was movies and yeah. books that's it <laughs> exactly <laughs> That's it's hard know. to explain pre-internet. I know. They're like, what? I'm like, you don't even understand. There's effort involved in all of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that because like ugh, that movie, oh, so good. And then I know you mentioned Benabel Wen for sure. And I had never uh, heard of her. I feel like I probably had seen some folks uh, talk about her tarot, but for whatever reason, I didn't look into it. So I looked into her tarot and I was like, oh, wow, cool. She basically kind of, she did a combination of the Rider-Waite-Smith and then sort of uh, the tout or soft deck by mm. Aleister Crowley was sort of like her jumping off point. And so I was looking through it. I was like, oh yeah, I can see what she was doing there. Kind of 
inviting those like weird ass <laughs> Alistair Crowley kind of uh, the visuals that uh, that are in that deck, but mm-hmm. also the very symbolic um, stuff that is very ob- I don't want to say obvious, but it's very in your face on the writer way. Traditional, stuff. yeah, very traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was like, wow, again, like another great recommendation. Um, yeah, check out. for sure. She her knowledge goes deep, 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 deep as well. Like you could spend forever on. And she doesn't like to profit from it, which is interesting. She gives away a lot of things for free or super cheap, like her courses Mm -hmm. and things like that. So, Oh, cool. Great resource. And so it's funny that you said, I didn't realize that she was also an attorney, um, but somebody that I look at, uh, because we're going to chat a little bit about astrology next, but um, uh, somebody that I've been looking Mm -hmm. at a lot lately is Christopher Warnock. And he's also an attorney, but a magician, also an astro- astrological magician. And so I was thinking about him because he does have like such a great grasp because he's an attorney, like he can explain things in very simple terms that are like yeah. understandable. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, I'm like, cool. what are all these attorneys that are magicians? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, doing magic well, well, they stuff? can dive in. <laughs> they can dive into very arcane mm. knowledge. Mm-hmm. If I had to describe the law, like think about tax law, like what the, you know, it's like arcane and so hard to understand. Like that's yeah. literally why we need attorneys for the most part, because they can, they, I mean, a lot of what they're doing is reading and understanding information and then tr- using that in some way. So I think maybe that's that's probably a connector. Like they're just able to understand large breadths of of knowledge and material and can, you know, communicate that or utilize mm-hmm. that. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Again, yeah. another sort of brain that is like like a computer. Very cool. So I know when we had chatted about astrology, you had mentioned that. Uh, Mm -hmm. you were interested in more of the Hellenistic astrology. I consider myself like, I know a little bit more than the average person about astrology. Uh, So I definitely don't know what Hellenistic astrology is. Um, (laughs) If you were able to explain it. Yeah. I mean, I, I am not a historian, like don't, don't quote, you know, the, the dates and facts or whatever, but uh, Hellenistic is uh, astrology is tr- it's also called traditional astrology. So now that we've talked about all of the Hermeticism and occult, it its origins are actually um, it's said from you know from Hermes Trismegistus or from Hermeticism and and these practices, which is part of why like it 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 links in with that really beautifully. Like for me, like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was practiced at the at during the Hellenistic era around uh, Greece and Egypt. So it's these ancient ancient practices, uh, a way of understanding astrology and and utilizing it basically because it used to be a really practical thing. Like this is that you know in those civilizations, this is just something that was taken as you know it's like the weather or it it's just what you do and that was lost for a long time mainly because a lot of the texts were um were not translated Mm. um into english so it wasn't brought 
uh, okay, so again, timelines are not my strong suit, but mm. <laughs> somehow it was lost. It was not brought into the West, uh, mainly because the the texts weren't being being translated so the English speakers could, you know, understand or even know about these techniques. So what happened with what we know of as more modern psychological astrology, that started to have a come up in the last, you know, the 20th century alongside psychology as well. So with Jung and uh, with Carl Jung's practices and everything else, who he was also, uh, would be considered an astrologer. He he studied astrology along with everything else mm-hmm. he did. But um, so while that was happening in the West, like, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, especially, it was getting, astrology was getting conflated with psychology and being seen more as a personality examination or a way of explaining the the personality of the person or of Hmm. the native. And then as far as I understand, uh, there was a group of, of astrologers that somehow the translations of those ancient texts started to happen. And so they were, I don't know if they were actually, it was called Project Hindsight was um, this, this group of astrologers that started translating and bringing that material back to the West, essentially. And it was like, oh, there's this entire, it was basically like getting this inheritance that we didn't know we had mm-hmm. of how to practice astrology which is more not so much about oh the personality of the native it does um it does do that but instead just shows and uh, along with the techniques just shows the the basically represents the life of of the native or whatever it, it may be. I mean, the, the native can be a person, it can be a country, it can be an, an event. Um, and so these, there's different uh, techniques that were employed with traditional astrology that are, are now known as far as timing, electional astrology. And also it's different from modern in that it really focuses on the seven traditional planets, not the outer planets, um, as rulers of of the signs and different techniques that can say uh, kind of illustrate a person's chart more like uh, knowing the planet that rules the entire chart which is the planet that rules the the ascendant sign and uh, terms like the sect which is s-e-c-t like if you're born if you have a day chart or a night chart if you're born during the day the sun is the sect leader and Jupiter and Saturn have more of an effect or influence on your life. And if you're born at night, the moon is actually uh, more, uh, is like the leader of the sector or more what you're um, sort of embodying. And then Venus and Mars are the ones that you can lean into more that influence the chart in more of a beneficial way or stronger way. So there's a lot, there's, there's many different techniques like that, that, you know, were, basically since the eighties and nineties have been coming back into um, have been have been introduced to the West and being incorporated again mm-hmm. with astrology. So I hope that was comprehensive. Yeah, that was very good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, 
yeah it's not easy kind of distilling these things down so i'm i'm so happy that you were <laughs> you were doing that so that's very great um how would you say that you use astrology in your practice or in your day or mm -hmm. like how do you use it for yourself for myself yeah, yeah because i was practicing for a while and giving readings and i just realized this isn't what i'm I mean, people were happy and everything, but I'm like, this yeah. isn't what I'm good at. Cause I didn't like ta getting into the weeds with, and that's a whole other, you know, a whole other conversation about the ethics around doing readings, et cetera, mm -hmm. which I think should be regulated much like, you know, therapy. But mm -hmm. um, the way that I use it, I would say it's really about timing, looking at transits, uh, which is, the current planets and how they're moving in relation to your natal chart mm -hmm. can just tell so much about what phase of life you're in, what things that you're being asked to focus on. And again, going back to that communi communicating with the universe, it's my way of communicating. It's one of the layers of data, essentially, for communicating how the energy is, is working inside me. Um, you know what I'm because that's the whole thing I don't I don't believe that it's it's not a causal relationship it's not the planets are doing something to me it's not right. that it's right. it's literally right. a, a cosmic clock is what I uh call it it's it's like the weather it's like a you know just kind of checking to see okay what what time is it oh it's Saturn time and this this house at this part of my life you know so I'm gonna I I think it, it really helps you to have context. Like really that's what it boils down to. I'm like, I don't know how people function without it as, because it really is like not knowing the weather and then you go out without a raincoat when it's raining or something like that. Mm -hmm. It just helps you be able to structure your life and not resist things that are, that are happening. Um, because it does matter like what, what house the planet is transiting and the houses are, you know, a part of, part of your life essentially where you're going to see those influences mm -hmm. so that's how I use it um going forward like just just as an example you know right now it's always good to, to see where where Saturn is uh transiting for two and a half years what part of your chart um so right now it's transiting my sixth house and going you know at, at some point going to conjunct my sun and my mercury and sixth house is about it's pretty banal. It's pretty mundane, but it's like the daily life. It's it's your routines. It's your your physical health and the routines, how the routines play into your physical health and the work that you do, like daily, nasty mm -hmm. stuff, like boring stuff. But um, and so I knew Saturn was, you know, has been moving through that part of my house, and I've had to really pay attention to. Because, you know, I work from home. I work at a desk a lot. I also do art. So it's like I have developed certain health, you know, things with my body that are telling me like, hey, you need to pay attention to your uh, your your posture, yeah. how you're using your body. You need to do these different, like it made me drop doing yoga because I was having certain pains and like take up the like qigong instead like all these mm. different like day and they're daily practices so anyway not to get too into the weeds but it's just it's I think that a lot can be uh you can 
that's kind of a cheat code is see where especially Saturn just because it's so it, it governs you know the physical time mm-hmm. boundaries things like that it's the easiest to see yeah um, but knowing that it makes me not freak out like oh what like I'm having chronic issues or whatever it's like no just you're being asked to have dis- daily discipline mm. in order to evolve and and grow and so just you know look in different places or change up what you're doing rather than really resisting it and not right. knowing what's happening so that's why i say i don't know how people function without astrology because <laughs> it's like it gives context right. to a life you know mm-hmm. so that's that's the main reason the main way that that i use it yeah uh that's and of course the fun of just seeing current events play out it's like oh yeah that's (laughs) saw that yeah it's in there yeah I liked how you explained it sort of like astrology is like the weather and and also articulating because Christopher Warnock talks about this too um that the planets aren't doing this to you (laughs) it's not like they're sending these rays down and like messing up your life yeah. or making your life better or whatever. It's just, it's not necessarily how it works. So I think your examples were really perfect in explaining that. But I will say like in my sort of, um, in my practice astrology, like I didn't want to explore astrology initially. Cause I was like, that's a lot of math and a lot of like yeah. degrees and a lot of, like, I'm like, my brain cannot handle. However, as I go along, um, it's becoming way more prominent And the way I look at at least your initial, like your birth chart, at least for me, when I look at it, it it helps explain. And like you said, give context to like, why, why am I like this? (laughs) Or like, why am I? Validation. Validation. Like, okay, yes. (laughs) This explains this, why I do this all the time. And it's something Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, in that work, it's like the alchemy or whatever. It's a good map Mm -hmm. to go in and say here's where Mm -hmm. you need to alchemize this situation um so that's kind of what i use astrology at least for my own Um, yeah yeah that's that's a great explanation i would also add because Mm -hmm. i i have noticed like a trap that that can happen Mm -hmm. don't and this can happen i feel a lot with uh with modern astrology too don't think that you are it's hard to describe but the chart is showing a snapshot of when you were born, the energies of when you were born. And yes, I feel that is showing like a patterning of this incarnation. If you mm-hmm. want to look at it, you know, that your soul laid that out for you, like here's a map. But I don't like to ascribe to, oh, I'm a, you know, this and that so i'm always going to be this way right because it can be really fatalistic too yeah like, don't let it go into this fatalistic you know not, not saying you were bringing that up but I no, just, no, no. that's something that's become conscious for me throughout um studying it and and sort of being in the community and things like that i you're not um you're not tied to or trapped in any in any way yeah it's literally just a map that was given like of energies that were given to that point it's a point in time Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's Uh, it's not like an idea it's not an identity thing right as an identity right because i think because as i was looking because you know again i'm i'm not an astrologer (laughs) but i'm just looking at trying to 
mine my birth chart for things um karmic things like when you're talking about saturn and stuff like okay i know that there's some Mm -hmm. karmic things that i need to adjust in my life so i started with that with my birth chart and as i was going through it it was like cracking me up one it was like showing like oh you're really into like occult practices and hidden things and i was like yep 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 okay that makes sense (laughs) and then there was like of course and it gets to the point um where it's telling you like in these situations you know you do this and I was like oh my god you're right you know and it's more of like looking back about and seeing that pattern of like okay yeah Mm -hmm. so here's the area that (laughs) I might want to you know put some more energy around Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah so yeah I definitely I, and I, I totally agree. Like, you don't want to just look at it and say, well, that's just how I am. And I guess that's how my life is. And I guess I'm just going to be shit upon because you know, my birth chart <laughs> said that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I totally get that, um, that caveat. So I appreciate it. We're kind of wrapping up for sure. But I did want to address, because you're a Pisces and I'm a Pisces. And I don't know about you, um, but... For me being a Pisces and the Pisces that I interact, I'll just say, one, we're good at a lot of stuff. (laughs) Like, I'll just put that Mm -hmm. out there. We're really good. Like, we'll get into it, kind of just, you know, pick it up and we're really great at it. How do you choose? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because this is my struggle and I don't know if you've had this struggle, but how do you choose where to put your focus on? Oh my God, I know. It's taken a while. And I mean, it gets older, it gets better with age. Yeah, definitely. like just in my starting my 40s, I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay, now I get where I need to put what is best because you, you have the experience of okay, that didn't work out, you know, right. And it has. There's so many different factors beyond the sun sign too. That's like, that's what I've kind of learned. But yeah, as far as there's so many other factors because yeah, your sun sign is just one, um, one element of your chart. And like I kind of already said, I actually have a night chart. So mm. luckily or not luckily, uh, cause it's in detriment. My moon is in Capricorn. So that's always helped me to focus on practical, pragmatic matters and do the work essentially. Um, and, and things like that. But I know it, it definitely is a struggle to, because Pisces is so, it's everything. It's the ocean. It's, it's just, can be anything, be anyone you want to be, um, et cetera. But actually I feel like what helped me, and I'm not trying to open another can of worms. I just want to mention what actually helped me to function and to put my energy in specific places is human design honestly, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've cracked the book or whatever, <laughs> cracked that open yet, but learning that, and I've talked with a lot of people who like astrology can be sort of abstract, mm-hmm. but human design is much more like, this is your energy type and try these things, experiment with using your energy in this way. And that can be really validating and really helpful, but that helped me actually to function and know where, where and what is right for me in my energy and what isn't, if Mm. that makes sense. Totally. Um, Yeah. So I would say a collection of like experience 
uh, trying things and they don't work. I mean, that's another way that the universe communicates with you. Right. If things don't work out or you keep getting doors shut in your face or whatever, okay, don't go that way. Yeah. Um, So probably like talking, again, like communicating with reality in your own way and just knowing, knowing yourself. And I feel like that's what mysticism and occult practice really is for any spiritual practice is to know yourself. Mm -hmm. And to really understand and read your body, read your energy when something um, is really draining your energy, you know, don't do that. And if something is just really getting you going, then follow those things. And mm-hmm. that does take time. Yeah. Learn. Well, <laughs> thanks for. Agree. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, all, all of what you said totally resonates. Um, but again, getting better, you know, we're in our 40s, like you know, it's a halfway point, hopefully. So you know, I yeah. <laughs> feel good. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Okay, now I know. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay. I feel better about what I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. Now oh, I can gosh. do the things. Yes. Now I, I have all the experience. Now it's time to do the things. Um, so speaking of that, um, can you talk about your, mm-hmm. your creative businesses that you operate and manage? Yeah. Um, right now, so again, it was another kind of experiment, but I started um, a basically a cult clothing shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is just print on demand. So it's like t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts and things like that. But I like to blend esotericism and sacred, you know, axioms, especially from hermeticism uh, with just everyday clothing. And uh, it's been really great. I started on Etsy and people... I'm just, I'm so grateful. And I attract like the coolest customers too. Uh, But people are really appreciative of finding something that is meaningful, you know, or that has meaning Mm -hmm. behind it that again, isn't just like trying to like rebel, still rebellious, but that isn't like just being rebellious for for the sake of it or whatever, but that has a deeper meaning to it perhaps. And also to kind of like signal you know, to the others when you're out there, because people will be like, hey, oh, right. you know, if there's an Ouroboros or something, they're like, hey, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's been really fun. That actually was, it was funny because that I have a fashion design degree and that actually brought together and I was a web developer and, you know, different like brand designer and things like that. So it just really brought all mm-hmm. of my past skill sets together. And, and um, it's been really really fun so that's one of my business I've always got like a few businesses or business ideas going on so that's that's one of the ones I'm focused on right now to you know kind of grow it and make sure that it finds the people that appreciate those things so yeah thanks for thanks for asking and that was uh Lucida Mystica is the Lucida Mystica it's mm-hmm. just lucid mystic mm-hmm. with an A on the end of each word. So you see the mystica.com. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, Lucita mystica.com is where folks can find your wares, but is there any other way if somebody mm-hmm. wants to reach out to you, how they can connect with you? Yeah, I would say just my, my Instagram, uh, your.sovereign.self is the username that I still, I don't post a lot anymore, but it's just where my, uh, you know, I keep my friends and things like that. So if you want to reach out, you can DM me there. Cool. 
Um, so what words of wisdom or, you know, I've also been saying mantra or some, some phrase that gets you by that you reach to um, that you'd like to share? This is why I started my podcast that was called Liberate Yourself, mm-hmm. as in two words, yourself, inner self. Know thyself is really everything I think that always comes back to that. The Oracle of Delphi was was right. And really my words of wisdom at this point would be, you know, especially when you, you just get started and you're wanting to you're absorbing so much information, you're taking it all in, you're reading the books and all the podcasts and everything. At a certain point, it's time to put that down and really cultivate your relationship with reality and how you interact with it. Uh, Reality as in the universe, guides, whatever you want to call it, your higher self. because we're we're each equipped to be able to get information and get wisdom individually in our own way. And it's not going to, like the books and the teachers help, I feel, but it helps point us to that, mm-hmm. you know? So in the end, that's that's what I really want to, what I've learned and what I wanted to hammer home is just really learn to trust yourself and not adhere to any anyone else's framework completely but that just knowing that they're all guides and teachers that are there pointing you back to yourself essentially if that makes sense oh yeah that's perfect um well great words to live by uh so thank you so much trista for joining us today yeah thanks for having me Your support means the world to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to like, comment, and share it with others who might find this content valuable. And of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay tuned for more enlightening discussions. Your engagement helps us grow, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for being a part of the Casual Temple community.